on maynard.com.au. AU! Is that Maynard? All is good. Ladies and gentlemen, on the phone, all the way from the icy summer that is the UK, it's Kim Wilde. <laughs> Kim Wilde, of course, the Brit Award winning singer from Dulwich in South East London, the daughter of 50s rocker Marty Wilde. You know him best from La 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 Sing. <laughs> That was him. Kids in America in 1991. Check it love. There was Cambodia. You from a breach. You keep me hanging on in 1987. In 1990, she supported David Bowie across Europe. In 1993, she had the hit, but if I can't have you. In 1994, she did my favourite song, which was Breaking Away. In 1997 and 96, she was in Tommy. In 2001, she won the Best Show Garden. At yeah, I got a gold medal at the Chelsea Flower Show. That's very special. She's hosted many gardening shows in the UK. She's here shortly. Please make welcome Kim Wilde. An introduction and a half. Do you bump into people that know you for certain things like gardening or Tommy and don't know the rest? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was at a dinner last night and someone said, so tell me, do you still sing with this kind of pained expression on their face as if to say, I expect you probably don't, do you? And I said, actually, yes, I'm, I'm singing all the time. And the look of utter shock and horror on their face, it's kind of weird. Yeah, people have to, I think a lot of people think that I kind of like picked up a garden trowel and went off into the gardening distance and now... Uh, but, you know, I don't blame them for that. I mean, they've got much more important and interesting things to do than keep an eye on my career. Do you get to people who come up to you and they go, oh, and they look at you and you don't look the same as you did in 1981, and yet they haven't looked in their own mirror to see that they probably don't look the same as they did in 1981 <laughs> either? Yeah, I do. I do find myself apologising to um, other people in, in supermarkets when I'm traipsing around and, and they'll say, can I have a selfie? And I'll sort of say, oh gosh, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I've got a bit of a disappointment. Do you want me to put some lipstick on? <laughs> Again, there must have been a period in your life when, of course, the paparazzi was following you around. They wanted to see what hotel you were going to and you really had to give a lot of thought to what you wore before you went out your door f to buy some bread. Yeah. Now, if I know that there are photographers around, I do exactly the same thing. You know, of course, there are that many more photographers around and that many more places where those photographs will get shown now. So, in fact, I think it's quite tough on the younger generation of people who there's photographs floating all around on social networking sites. And it's very invasive, actually. I mean, I didn't find it too bad during my career, but a lot of artists get quite stressed out. But there you go, it's all just superficial stuff and who cares anyway? I actually asked a few people on social media to get some questions for you. And one of the questions we had for people is, what do you think of the latest generation of singers that come up through shows like X Factor? Do you find that a very strange way to get pop singers these days? Oh, it's not a strange thing at all. I mean, it's, it's a talent competition. There's far more in it for the TV companies themselves and the people pulling the strings, the talented young people who go into it. I totally understand their motivation 
motivation. So I have mixed feelings about it, but I think there have been some very talented people have emerged from it somehow. Maggie DeWire, I want to ask you, and this is a question that I, I imagine I know the answer to, who gave you the best advice when you first got started in the music industry? I would guess that might have been your dad? Yeah, I mean, obviously my dad had been through it all before. He was one of the first ever pop stars here in the UK. So he had plenty of experience about the realities and the fickleness of fame and success. And he rode the good times and he rode the bad times. So it was helpful to kind of get a perspective on it before I got on the ride. But, you know, it was a roller coaster ride. And I suppose it continues to be so in many ways. You're coming with Howard Jones. Have you worked with him a lot in the UK? Who do you normally tour with there? Because there's lots of acts that do 80 shows there that we don't get in Australia. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been touring with ABC, Heaven 17, Belinda Carlisle, Billy Ocean, Nick Kershaw. Martin Fry from ABC. He seems such a nice gentleman. Is, is that right? They all are. They're just gorgeous people and they work very hard. Their voices still sound great. Like me, they're all still writing new material, putting out new stuff as well. Are you ever surprised when where you're in a regional place in Australia or somewhere you've never been before and just people go nuts over your songs. You must be used to it, but it still must be an odd feeling. I think as I've got older, it's become more incredible to me that I turn up in the middle of Europe somewhere or Australia indeed and, and people are singing all the songs. After all these years, it's been a long time since 1980 when my career began and for it to be now 2016 and people still coming in such numbers too. You know, we have thousands and thousands of people turn up for the concerts here in the UK and abroad. And we always get so well received when we come to Australia, more and more so. It's a decade that doesn't want to go away, and I understand why, because it was such diversity, such strong melodies, such great records made during that time. How are you on touring these days? I imagine you can't have a garden or anything like that in your hotel room, and you were thrown out of a few hotel rooms in your very early, wilder days. I imagine it's a very sedate touring now. Yeah, it's not, it's not quite so crazy, that's for sure. I'm much more likely to be up first thing, find a local tropical garden to visit, a local beauty spot or a rainforest if I'm in Australia. That's where you'll find me in my spare hours. I won't be up too late partying, although we might on a few nights because it's my brother's birthday while we're in Australia. Look so out, look out. You'll get some crazy Australian beer and that'll be the end of everybody. Exactly, exactly. Do you I don't think, mind getting crazy sometimes. Will you have time to catch up with our national institution, Mr Molly Meldrum, when you're here, perhaps? Oh, that would be so nice, yeah. Absolutely. What an incredible guy he is, too. And I've met him several times over the years. Been involved in tribute documentaries to him. He had a big impact on my career on Countdown and gave me such a big thumbs up and really helped get my career kicked off in a great way in Australia. It made a big difference. He's always ruthlessly positive, I'd describe him as. He is. And it takes a lot to be like that. And the world needs more people like Molly in it. What's the song that you often get asked for to do in your set, but you don't think to include because you didn't think anyone knew it? For example, Mark Vick here is a really huge fan of a song called Birthday Song from you from 1992, which was a B-side. get asked for songs like that and you can't fit them all in. That's true. 
if I'm doing my own shows, if I go out on my own tour without someone else like Howard, there's more time to put in some old rare gems and we do throw them in quite a lot on my own tours. But when I'm touring with other people, it reduces it down to the biggest hits, the songs that people know. And we do a few good covers and, and Howard and I will be working on a few songs together as well. Chris Thomas wants to know, and this must have been a lifestyle tip you were giving out in the 80s, do you still use peanut butter to get chewing gum out of your hair? Crikey. Did I say that once in a magazine or something? It sounds like a lifestyle tip, and I just thought it was a wind-up, but I checked, and yes, you can get bubble gum gum out of your hair using peanut butter. I didn't know that till this day. Tell you what, that will definitely come in handy for something. I've got a couple of teenagers floating around the house and chewing gum and teenagers and hair. If I suddenly produce a, a jar of peanut butter, I will be a hero for the day. <laughs> Being a, with teenagers, of course, this happens with dads and mums. Do they find it hard to believe that their mum was once extremely cool? Oh, totally, yeah. My son doesn't get it at all. <laughs> He's deeply into rock and um, he plays an incredible electric guitar. He's a fiercely independent guy and he finds the whole Kim Wilde thing completely beyond his comprehension. <laughs> My daughter's a little bit kinder. <laughs> Brad Evans wanted me to ask you, do you miss boofing up your hair these days? I saw a photo of you performing live recently and there's still a bit of a boof going on, Kim. Definitely, yeah. You can't sing Kids in America without the hair being a bit boof. That's just... That would be dull. Yeah, yeah. I'm still rocking the blonde hair, that's for sure. Will you be doing Breaking Away in Australia or because it wasn't as big a hit here, will that not be part of the set? Well, it's an interesting that you mentioned that one because that's a real groovy little tune. And I didn't mind the film clip. There was a lot of inline rollerblades in the skates and a lot of wire fences and jumping around. So I don't know whether you'd put it in or not. Well, I think at the time people were, I think sometimes the public find it hard when artists want to kind of move into a slightly different direction, which I suppose it was perceived as at the time. I don't know. I just thought it was a great pop record. Last time I met you was in the Triple J studios. I was hosting a Sunday afternoon show on Triple J and it was after the Sleaze Ball in Sydney. Dance party at the Horden Pavilion. Kim Wilde, you haven't been teasing your hair. It's all swept back, Kim. Oh, no, I know. <laughs> but you did, you did tease it a couple of times in the 80s. I'm sure I saw you with teased did. hair. Yeah, loads of back combing, loads of hairspray and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, that's out the window now. So, so is this your, natural. your casual Sunday afternoon look? This is like, my just got off the plane, please help my hair look. Oh, right. Yeah, so it's a bad <laughs> hair day for Kim Wilde, is it? I'm sorry. It's not the best hair day. Oh, look, hey, look. I did the best I could. What can I say? No, it's okay. They're looking fine. You've still got the English leather on too there, I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Quirky, you've got a memory on you. <laughs> Wouldn't expect it. For you, that just would have been a Saturday. You'd look like you were having a good time. Hey, listen, I know how to have a good time. That's for sure. That's one thing I haven't forgotten how to do. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, what part did you play in Tommy in 96 and 97 when you were on the stage there? What part? Were you the acid queen? No, no, I was Mrs Walker. I was Tommy's mum.
And then I fell in love with cousin Kevin, Hal Fowler. We got married and we're just about to celebrate our 20-year anniversary. That's a great thing, considering what rock and roll can be like. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> are you coming stag? How are you doing this Australian tour? Well, my brother is my MD and my songwriter-producer. He plays rhythm guitar, so he's going to be with me. And his daughter, Scarlett, has been my backing vocalist for the last seven or eight years. She's already living in Sydney in Australia, so she's going to be doing backing vocals. We're a well-oiled machine. It's going to sound great. It's going to be um, a very intimate evening, I think. Speaking of intimate questions, and I hope this doesn't offend you too much, but I've been trying to hold this back for the whole interview. What's the best way to get aphids off roses? Well, you know what? Recently, we had an attack on a honeysuckle of mine, and I just put some fairy liquid in a bottle and sh- shook it up with some water. And hang on, hang on. Fa- fairy liquid—is that some euphemism for an '80s thing? I, we, I, fairy, we, I don't know if we've got much fairy liquid here in Australia. Oh, sorry, yeah, washing up liquid. Oh, right. Wouldn't it's that affect washing. the plant? Not too strong. It really kind of gives those little critters a bad day, and it kind of w- warns them off a bit. I've tried it; it's worked a few times. But you know, they're pesky little critters. When they're on a mission to have a plant, it's quite hard to dissuade them. <laughs> What about the Western Australian pitcher plant? Can you grow them? Because I've tried to grow them and they're really difficult. I haven't heard of that plant. It's one of the carnivorous ones. It's kind of like a Venus flytrap, but it's got a little lid on the top and the fly goes inside and it shuts its lid like a small jug. That's beautiful. You just need to make sure you've got lots of flies, I guess. I grow a few plants that originate from Australia, like calistemons and eucalyptus and alleria in a pot. I've got a few bits of Australia around my garden. I don't own a cat. And I would like to attract cats to my garden. The whole catnip thing's a bit of a myth, isn't it? No, it's not, actually. A friend of mine's got a 19- or 20-year-old cat. That's a very old meow there. It is, yeah. And a friend of hers gave her a little catnip bag, and this cat has just gone crazy for it. And if I had a cat, I would certainly grow Napita in the garden for the cats. They do love it. Kim Wilde, what was the inspiration for Cambodia? I remember seeing that song, and you'd done so many power pop songs, and it was a lot more reserved in some way, that song, and that was still a big hit. It was one of the early hits that my father, Marty, and my brother wrote for me. It was one of those songs that captured the imagination of people all over the world, and I think it sold a, a million copies alone in France. So it's a simple love story set, set against, obviously, a, a terrible war. And I suppose, in a way, it kind of reminds you that in the face of wars all over the world, there's just human tragedy just happening whilst that's going on. It's not just war. It's there are people who are falling in love and there are people who are losing people and people who are dying and there's a human reality. And um, the world that we live in now, you just don't get to see that. You just get told about uh, a whole load of people being blown up somewhere and you don't hear the human story behind it. It's a tough one. It is tough to know, but it's better, I think, to know than not to know. choosing a cover like you keep me hanging on or give on element if I can't have you I'm a strong-
what song you'd like to cover? We're very open. We try stuff out, see if it works. A lot of songs that you just love, and you think, oh, I'd love to sing that song, and you start singing, and it just doesn't suit my voice for one reason or another, while others really do. You just have to try it out. Some just don't work at all. We had a really hilarious experience. We did a Foo Fighters song called No Way Back. It completely missed the audience by a mile, so we only ever performed that once. And a Susie Quattro cover as well, which was 48 Crash. I'm looking forward to hearing that laugh when you come to Australia. You're going to have a lot of fun with Howard Jones. What's he like backstage? Is he a deep, introspective man, Howard, or is he going, yeah, yeah, was he a bit of an Elton John? Oh, no, he's very outgoing. He is a, has a very gentle, quiet aura about him, but he's very engaging, very garrulous, loves to have a chat. He's a beautiful guy. Well, what 80s music do you still listen to that maybe doesn't get such a go? Human League? <laughs> Paul Tudor, do you still listen to any of that kind of stuff? I love Ten Paul Tudor, yeah, when that comes on the radio, that makes my day. If I could hit, listen to Ten Paul Tudor, in fact, I should, I should just listen to Ten Paul Tudor every day of my life. But yes, it was. It would definitely put a spring in my step. I think everybody's alarm clock should be Wonder Bar, really. That would get you out of bed really quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Kim Wilde, thank you for your... Swords of a Thousand Men with my face. Swords of a Thousand Men, of course, over the hills. What's the one that you continue to be able to perform with as much viv and wah as when you did back in 1981 and 82 and 83? Oh, sure. I mean, obviously, Kids in America still has an incredible power about it. As soon as that pulse starts at the beginning of the song, you can feel the whole audience start hovering. <laughs> There's this incredible energy that the song unlocks, and it's always the same, and it gets stronger each year. It's quite incredible. I hope a lot of us bump into you and have really good selfies with you, not those ones that are half in shadow with the bad lipstick. Yeah, no, don't worry. I'm very good with selfies. I've had a lot of practice. <laughs> Looking out a dirty old window Down below the cars in the city Go rushing by I sit here alone And I wonder why Friday night and everyone's moving. I can feel the heat But it's soothing heading down
Maynard.com.au. AU!